An internet meme, you know what an internet meme is? It's a trending internet topic, has been making the rounds these last few days. It reads humorously, Dear God, if you want us to impeach Trump, give us a sign, like blot out the sun in the next couple of days. It's funny. It's gallows humor in a kind of way. I assume infuriating to some as well. But whether you laugh or cry or are in, engaged or enraged, the underlying premise that a solar eclipse, like the one we will experience Monday as a sign from God, is rooted in Torah and ancient astronomy. By the way, just that statement, the solar eclipse we will experience Monday, illuminates, no pun intended, well, I kind of intended it, illuminates my point. That certainly we have, that, that the certainty that we have that the sun is rising and setting in its proper position in the heavens is in itself very much an act of faith. In his book, A Rumor of Angels, Peter Berger writes of the child who wakes up in the middle of a nightmare. His mother runs to comfort him. There, 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 it's okay, everything will be all right. And Berger asks the question in his book, can she really be so sure that everything is going to be all right? Or is that statement an act of faith? I don't know for certain that the moon will eclipse the sun late Monday morning. The sun might not rise late Monday morning. But I have faith that it will. My confidence that the system set up by God or nature or whatever you believe is the source of order in our natural world, that faith is what allows me to sleep at night. If I wasn't certain that there would be a tomorrow, I highly doubt that I would make it through today, let alone be able to rest my head on my pillow at night. But for our ancient ancestors, who lacked the scientific understandings of these things, a cosmic anomaly like a solar eclipse was a sign of great uncertainty and perhaps doom. Kings trembled when they saw an eclipse. In the Bible, King Hezekiah was in his deathbed, was on his deathbed, and he prayed for healing and as a sign that would be healing of his illness. And God sent a sign in the form of a shadow that fell upon his house. The son of Charlemagne, Louis, most likely died during an eclipse on May 5th, 840. French king, Louis XIV, the sun king, who chose the sun as his emblem, ironically died after an eclipse. And it's no wonder that Shakespeare thought that an eclipse was, to quote, a stain on the sun that portended no good. And likewise, our Jewish ancestors were afraid of eclipses. The sages of the Talmud were sure that it was human behavior, human sinfulness, to be exact, that caused eclipses. Rabbi Jeffrey Salkin, our scholar in residence this coming November, and whose essay on this topic enumerated the above examples I just shared, notes also, the darkness of the sun arouses the worst of our primitive fears, that the sun is leaving, that darkness will be permanent, for that's the origin of the word eclipse. It comes from the Greek word for abandonment. 
If you look closely at the evening prayer in the Ma'ariv Aravim that Noam just read for us so beautifully earlier in our service, and you did it really beautifully. Your Hebrew is excellent. It's there to help us cope with our fear of the dark, our fear of nighttime. Listen to the words of it in English. God rolls light in front of darkness and darkness in front of light and causes day to pass and brings on the night. Have no fear. It is God and not a demon who creates the night. God will bring back the day as well. You can rest easy. The sun will rise again in the morning. But what if God is absent? What if God, in the words of the great theologian Martin Buber, is hiding the divine face, eclipsed by our actions towards God's world, towards God's beloved creation, towards our fellow human beings? What if we blot out God? What if we are the eclipse? For a moment this past weekend in Charlottesville, it seemed like human hatred was eclipsing God. That the darkness of Nazism, of anti-Semitism, of racism and white nationalism was again blocking out the light of humanity. Skinheads and Nazis marched through the streets of an American city. Dozens were injured. Heather Heyer violently murdered. All to prevent the removal of a statue to a Confederate war general, which is itself an eclipse. For much of this past week, From marches to press conferences, it seemed that the forces of darkness had eclipsed the forces of light and reason. That the American president was blind to the evil that surrounded and supported him. This is about much more than a statue. America's unresolved racial conflict has been playing out in the streets of its cities for generations. The statue, geographically at the center of this week's confrontation, celebrates a failed and heinous ideology. It celebrates a man, Robert E. Lee, for his heroism in defense of slavery and racism. And in so doing, it obscures, like an eclipse, the fundamental evil and moral bankruptcy of his cause and ideals. In Judaism, when a person dies, we say, Zichron Livracha, may their memory be a blessing. The implication is that those who do good in their lifetimes are remembered after them for that goodness. To those who do bad, to the racists, the anti-Semites, the terrorists, the propagators of violence and hate, the Amaleks and the Hamans of the world, our tradition has another response. We say, Yamach Shemo. May their name, their memory be blotted out. May it be eclipsed by better and more honorable things and memories. Now, I am always reluctant to use Hitler analogies. He is, I believe, sui generis amongst evils in the world. But since our context for this current social debate is neo-Nazis, comparisons to Hitler are, I think, appropriate and necessary. If you walk the streets of Berlin today, or at any time since the fall of Nazi Germany, you will not see any statues to Hitler lining the streets of Berlin. That it would be woefully inflammatory and hurtful to have them on display is without question. And so it begs the question, why has the United States erected hundreds of statues to men who led a rebellion against America and its principles, however yet unfinished and unfulfilled, 
that all men are created equal. It is unfathomable and it is shameful. The United States has over 700 statues to heroes of the Confederacy. Each one is an eclipse, an obstruction of the light of justice and equality that millions have fought and died for throughout its history. These totems, these idols, do not simply celebrate the men, but they celebrate what those men died in the context of defending the American stain of slavery, of lynchings, of racism. Their reverence, like biblical idols, reminds me of the verse from our old Gates of Prayer Sidur at the end of Elenu. May the time not be distant, O God, when your name shall be worshipped in all the earth, when corruption and evil shall give way to integrity and goodness, when superstition shall no longer enslave the mind, nor idolatry blind the eye. American Civil War statues should be removed from the places of honor and put in museums properly places of education, where we learn from history, but it doesn't obscure or eclipse our ability to see the needs of the present and the promise of the future. Robert E. Lee, the man whose statue was the focal point in Charlottesville, held the same position that I just shared. He wrote of monuments to Confederate soldiers shortly after the war, quoting, they would only keep open the sores of war and the ill will the Civil War engendered, which he thought should be consigned to oblivion. And I would add, our present society must reflect there and here in Canada and around the world the progress of our values, not the myopathy of our past. Zichron livracha, remember what is good and who was good for blessing. Yamach Shamo, blot out the name of those who sought to destroy us and divide us and kill us. We no longer fear the eclipse as literally a foreshadow of some divine judgment day. Our understanding of science and the cosmos has matured, it has evolved, it has been corrected. We don't think the world is flat anymore, nor that our actions can reorder the stars in the heavens. And those that do, those that hold on to these failed theories and simply wrong-headed ideas with no basis in reason or reality, let alone science, we reject them without impunity. It's just wrong, and it has no place in our world today. Similarly, the racist, the anti-Semite, the bigoted views of white supremacists and neo-Nazis and those that defend them, they have no place. Like statues of Confederate soldiers, they must be torn down, relegated to the dustbin of history, studied so that we can recognize the evil when it reappears, and it will reappear, but never celebrated, never justified, lest they be allowed to eclipse and obscure the goodness of humanity and our progress toward a better and a more just society for all of God's creations. The Elenu prayer from that old reformed Sidur, it ends with the following verse. O God, may all created in your image become one in spirit and one in friendship, forever united in your service. Ken Hiratso.
May it be God's will. May it be our will. Amen. Our service continues with Alenu. Page 586. Please rise.